Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Glad to be with you. It is that 5.30 bewitching hour, so you know what that means. This program is sponsored by P for P Muscle, the number one bodybuilding sponsorship in the world. If you are a natural athlete and you're looking for a solid foundation as well as a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mack truck through ice cream, then check us out at p2pmuscle.com. And now let's talk. Hey, this is Desiree Fletcher Carruthers, your hostess with the mostest, and I am glad to be back with you. Uh, hopefully here my, uh, other, my other Real Talk half. Kaylin Batterson will be joining us, but until then, how in the heck have you all been doing? The weather's starting to uh, cool down a little bit, so you know that fall is officially here, at least it is in the Midwest, and I am loving it. I tell you what, when I was in uh, Duluth, Minnesota for Minnesota Mayhem last weekend, or was it the weekend before that? No, it was just last weekend. I tell you what, time flies. The fall colors were beautiful. I think we had just missed the peak, uh, the fall foliage peak, maybe about a week or a couple days before, but there were still a lot of beautiful colors going out there. So if you've never been on a fall foliage tour, I highly recommend that, you know, somewhere, sometime, you guys take a moment out of your busy lives and just drive around somewhere that has an abundance of trees that are changing in the fall, and it is going to be one of the most amazing views that you ever see. I kid you not. You are going to want to check that out. And you're also going to want to check out the uh, the rest of this show. So earlier this week, Kaylin and I started to run down the uh, results of the Minnesota Mayhem, and it was a fantastic show. And if you're looking for the play-by-play, down and dirty, um, you know, what, what put one athlete over the edge of another, you're going to want to check out Mike Newman. He had put out several videos, and uh, he went to a lot of effort to, you know, share his perspective and break down what edged one first-place person over another second-place person or, you know, the second and third-place ties, all of that kind of stuff. So if you are into the nitty-gritty and uh, you're looking for that level of detail, check out Mike Newman on Facebook. He's got multiple videos out where you can uh, where you can get all those details. Also, he was live streaming during the entire competition. And so he was giving his playback, play-by-play as it was happening while the athletes were on stage. So it was, you know, kind of like that conscious flow. He's judging, he's talking, he's thinking out loud, and then anybody who was listening in or wants to go back and catch the playback was able to get that vibe as it was happening. So you can uh, you can catch all of that and really get that behind the scenes uh, feel for you know what judges are looking at, what they're looking for, and just how all of that goes down. And uh, it was a tough show. I mean, over, I think, 124, 125 athletes graced the stage um, that weekend. And for the environment that we are living in right now, that is a lot. That's probably the largest natty show that I have heard um, as far as uh, competitor participation yet this year. 
And uh, in the, it, even in a regular year, that's still a really good size show. Over 100 athletes is a phenomenal show. So I know we didn't get through everyone on Tuesday, so I am going to do my best to recap that for you this evening. But uh, as we get started and get uh, through the rest of the amateur ranks, let me go ahead and highlight the pro winners from the Minnesota Mayhem one more time for you. So the Bikini Pro uh, first place went to Misty Weatherford. She took home a check for $10,000 plus a sword and a ton of other hardware. So just fantastic. And we talked about it before, but I'm going to say it again. There has never been a payout of this size for the bikini category ever, ever. Not in natty history. And you know what? I will have to do my homework. But I am questioning if there's been a payout of that size ever, even for just bikini um, on the enhanced side. I don't, you know, I don't know if there has. I'm going to say that there hasn't, but I don't know for sure, so don't quote me, but that was amazing. So over $20,000, not over, $20,000 giving out in pro payouts at the Minnesota Mayhem. So Misty Weatherford walking away with half of that. Uh, Courtney Spaeth was your pro figure winner. She was also your pro classic figure winner, and that's with the one-piece suit. Loving that category. Michaela Paramacki was the pro women's physique winner. Um, Oladele Akano, um, your pro men's bodybuilding champion. Michael Wittig, your pro men's physique winner. Uh, pro classic physique went to Abisa Maldon. Mal, <laughs> Maldonado. I can't even say it. Maldonado. I'm going to give up. Abisa, I love you, man. Your last name is escaping me right now, but congratulations on being the pro classic physique winner. And he came all the way from Virginia. I can say that. And his son drove, I think he said, like over 22 hours with him to make mm -hmm. it to that show. Brought his son on stage. There you have it. Love it. Um, and then she wasn't That's a uh, yeah, his son could have been. He would have been a great team competitor, no doubt, no doubt. And then my last highlight here, she wasn't a pro, but Fiona Daniels, our special needs champion, she stole my heart and um, is worth mentioning one more time. Kaylin Patterson, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I, I, I really got to get on uh, Fiona because she rocked that stage. She had everything. She was ready. She was, she was ready. ready. I mean, when she did her pose routine, she had a routine. It wasn't just some fly-by-night anything. She was ready to go, and she loved those quarter turns, and she loved getting those poses in. And I, I know she's a fan of bodybuilding, so I, I expect to either see her in uh, figure, uh, physique, or probably women's bodybuilding uh, next time we see her on stage. <laughs> probably so, because when she threw up that uh, left bicep, it was bam followed by the right yeah. bicep, and then she did. She has that pat on the leg and that she did and some other moves, and she was on it. She had her routine down, polished, practiced. That would have broke my arms. I can tell you that right now. I, <laughs> she in the did. Yeah. I swear, she's <laughs> double-jointed. She did this hand clasp behind her back and then raised it up over her head, and it was it was amazing. It made me hurt just watching her, but she—it was yeah, her signature yeah. move, and she was all about it. She owned it. 
Did he own it? She about Fiona owned it. Fiona owned it. All right. So, whew, the rest of the amateur list. I feel like we left off either at classic physique amateur or men's physique beginner. Yeah, and uh, where do you feel like apologies. we left off? Well, I, I'm just saying apologies to the people that might have missed our transition from pro ranks to amateur ranks. We weren't just listing off people and we weren't uh, double skipping. There was only one category where I saw the same name in fifth and third, but we did go from the amateur, I mean, from the pros to the amateurs, and that's on us for uh, not making that more clear. So my apologies to our listeners. We weren't basically talking about another show. We were still talking about the Minnesota Mayhem. And I'll let you take it from there. And there you have it. So, yeah, sorry about that yeah. for the confusion. Yeah. But it was all the same show, and we didn't even finish because of all the athletes that were there. That's so, right. right. Classic Physique Open. You know what? We'll just start with Classic Physique Open because I know either we did cover that or we didn't cover that. So if we covered it before, we're going to double cover it today. So Classic Physique Open amateur because in pro, there are no open classes. You're only pro. You have an open class in the amateur because that's the class that qualifies you to earn a pro card, that and the exactly. masters. So if, if that ever happens again and we make a transition and we are not uh, we're, we're referencing Where? open classes, then you know that we're talking about amateurs because the pros are just the pros. There's no open class. Yep. And if you didn't know, now you know. Well, All right. Biggie. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. Ah, oh, shoot. All right. So, Classic Physique Open. First, oh, actually, we were starting with fifth place and working our way up. So, let's keep that going. So, fifth place went to Nicholas Mabo. Fourth place to Craig Baxter. Oh, we did do this one because here we have Nicholas Mabo listed twice and third and fifth place. Yeah. And we know that that can't be correct. All right, then second place went to Michael McGuire, and first place went to Oladele Akano. So that was Classic Physique Open. Men's Physique Beginner, second place, Brian Bodel, and first place went to Benito Romagnoli. That's kind of fun to say. Can you say that, Caitlin? Benito Romagnoli. Very Italian. Romagnoli. We know a guy. All right. So <laughs> we know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. And he likes cannoli. <laughs> oh, don't make fun That's of That's another fun word to say, too. The cannolis, <laughs> good stuff, is good stuff. All right. So men's physique open. So this is where we're going to get our pro card winner. So fifth place went to James Parent and Geller. Third, Dane Abernathy. Second went to Nasir Akamis, and first went to Naziah Kate, who was also, um, so he was a pro card winner. He also made his pro debut during the Minnesota Mayhem, and he walked away with third place, I believe, Mm -hmm. in that class on the pro stage. That's the knock I have. 
when they say because the show's not a certain size, then, you know, the pro card winners shouldn't get the pro card. And I'm saying, you know, unless you're there at live events, you don't know. And we saw some amazing physiques out there. I remember the, the beginner class for the women's, I think it was the women's figure. I couldn't believe she was a beginner. I mm-hmm. really wanted to ask her. Then it, and I did. I did. And I was like, you know, you had to have stepped on stage somewhere at least once. You know, she's like, no. I just worked really hard and watched the, what the competitors were looking like and realized I wasn't even close when I, when I really thought I was ready. Because, you know, if you're comparing yourself to people in the gym, I get it. That, you know, you think you, you probably would look like the best person in the gym, you know, because you're, you're getting stage ready. But it's still a whole different feel when you step with everybody else's stage ready. And so when she, she got out there, she looked amazing from start to finish. And, you know, kudos to her posing because she got work every time she got on stage. So, you know, when you say, and, and, and especially, it's the biggest knock that I can't even believe people would bring up. If during this, you know, pandemic, you're talking about the numbers being down. I, I looked at the uh, the NBA, and nobody said anything about the NBA in a shortened season or the fact that they got more rest and less less injuries and no what if. It was just simply you have an NBA champion, and let's celebrate with them. So I, I don't I don't see the reason why we aren't doing something similar, especially with what's been going on in our lives. I mean, this is not something that's just affecting bodybuilding. This is affecting the, the whole world. So why not anything when you have something progressive coming out of it that's positive, uh, people can get behind it, motivates people? I'm a little uh, at odds with anyone who's picking this time, not just this time of year, but this time in, 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 in life, in this world, to basically throw chance shade on anybody that's doing something positive and progressing the nation as a whole because, you know, natural bodybuilding has its niche. And obviously by the people that are attending and competing, it's a pretty good niche, even though we only make up one-tenth of one percent of the nation. So, you know, if we have something good, guys, let's grab hold of it and hold on to it tight so we can have people less prone to suicide, depression, or any other negative ting. ting. I'm talking Jamaican now. Any other thing that's coming out of, of of this pandemic that's basically taking away from life and health, let's try and hold on to what kind of health and life that we have and, and just keep going forward. I, I'm sorry, that was a rant and I shouldn't, but it's just a thing for me. Amen to that. Well, do you want to uh, give any background on what triggered that rant, or we're just we're just good with sharing what was shared? No. Uh, there was a post uh, sometime back that really went after uh, one of the shows that I had been judging. And, you know, because of the the level of athletes that were there, I was very Mm -hmm. impressed. But they were knocking the numbers and why uh, pro cards had been distributed. And I'm saying, unless you're Mm -hmm. there, why go after them when you're not there? I mean, if, if you have a competitor at that show and you're not showing up, in this limited time in low numbers, shame on you, for one, because, you know, they're paying you to, to look their absolute best, and you're not there when you're saying they look their absolute best. So I, I'm kind of questioning that. Uh, the next thing would be, you know, when you have 
this thing that's going on that's affecting so much of people's lives, and they still find a way to keep the diet, to keep the prep, everything that's going on. Some of these people, you know, are, are worried about if they are coming back to a job, if they'll still have a job, and some of them lost their job. And this is the knock that you have. I just, it's, wow. You know, that's kind of a low blow. I, I, I call it kicking you when you're down. But I, I just have a big issue with that. And it's just hard to let that go because I couldn't believe we didn't have more people defending, you know, the fact that we're having any shows at all. Yeah. And there you have it. There you have it. Not defending, not sharing. You know, guys, if you love natural bodybuilding, like we do, we all got to do better. We ought to do better in supporting this sport and the athletes. And granted, I realize that it's just a sport, but you know what? So is every other professional sport that's out there. So is every other sport. I didn't see Leaf has been sharing the results, a $10,000 payout to Bikini, and I saw five or six shares. And that kind of floored me because I said $10,000. We should be going wow with exclamation points all across the screen. And for some reason, it, it just didn't happen. And that's that's big. That is amazing. That is ginormous. History was made. And we basically said, oh, Misty one. What? Are, are you serious? Is that how we're going to go about doing this, that we love we for life until it's not you winning? And then it's nothing for life? Is, you know, I'm just... I just, I'm taken aback because I know that people that share the same passion that I do for this sport, and we shouldn't be ashamed to do it. I mean, if we can share the stuff in the in the enhanced world, and I, I've seen that year after year where, you know, who's going to win? You know, what are the odds? And, and, and nothing. For the natural athlete, yeah, oh, well. So we have to be better. We have to do more, be more supportive. And we definitely got to promote from the outside in. I mean, the inside out. Yes. Yes. There you have it. And I agree, but before we get too much further away from the topic at hand, we do have one last class left of the Minnesota Mayhem that uh, we need to recognize, and that's the Men's Physique Masters. And second place, James Parent. And first place, Greg Lurding. And that, folks, wraps up the lineup of the competitors and their placements, the 2020 Minnesota Mayhem. One thing, and I I was very, uh, we had one guy, and I'll never forget him. He was walking backstage, and the first time I'd seen him, and he didn't have his shirt on. He was just walking by and thinking, boy, you know, it's, Thank God it's warm, you know, but he wasn't really doing a pump-up because he felt he was a little bit bigger than the other fella. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy looks like a bodybuilder, but he's wearing the board shorts. And I think, oh, no, hopefully, you know, the board shorts are just to keep his legs warm until it's time for him to get on stage. Uh, sadly, no. Uh, he got on stage as a as a physique competitor, men's physique competitor, and he was really uh, – I don't know who his coach was. I know he was with a group, but I don't know if one of them was a coach or not. But I felt so bad for him because, you know, there was simply no way during bodybuilding poses that he was going to score well against the guy who was uh, basically doing everything 
to win in men's physique, including the posing. So that was the only one where I really felt bad because there was simply no way to score him. I don't know if you remember that fellow, Des, but I remember him quite distinctly because everything he was doing was of a bodybuilder mindset. So I think he just had been placed in, in the wrong category. And maybe whoever had talked him into competing had told him he would be the biggest guy in the state. And he was. Uh, badly, he was in the wrong category. And I, I re- my heart went out to him because you could see his frustration when he placed the uh, lower than he thought he was. Yep. Yep. And I do remember, and he, I mean, you know, what can you say? What can you say? It all comes back to the conversation we were having on Tuesday where, you know, why is it in every category except for one that you can be too big for it, but for the category for the biggest size, why can't you be too small? And I don't know. But you know what? It's it's kind of live and learn. And maybe he, you know, really enjoyed the finesse of men's physique. But now that he sees that he's more of a bodybuilding competitor, I'll give it a go and see what happens. Because sometimes, you know, I remember, oh, I wish I could think of her name right now, but there was a gal, and she was she was in the military. I know she had a baby a couple of years back, and I haven't seen her um, in the competitive circle since then. But she was started out as a figure competitor and just never scored very well. Um, you know, she did two, three shows, just wasn't scoring, wasn't scoring. And she just had too much size. She bumped up to women's physique and started winning, winning and loved it. And, you know, sometimes, <laughs> yep, winning, winning and winning. And sometimes that's just what it takes. You, you have to try something else. And, you know, when it doesn't work, try something else. And that's usually where you're going to find your niche. Yeah. Well, Des, what I was speaking to was the bodybuilder look and the bodybuilder posing. Because, uh, yep. you know, he, he just, he had the worst combination of both. And even if he had uh, been a, an option for first place, just because of his bodybuilding poses, I mean, his side chest when you're turning quarter turn and the, the back double bicep when you're, when you're doing that pose, it was, it was hard to watch. And, you know, as a judge, you can't call out. And Leaf had tried. I mean, God bless that guy. Because he definitely gives people many chances um, to get the poses right. And I, I remember in the the women's pro bikini, he, he gave a lot of them uh, the option. And they they for, for, they were foregoed and did what they wanted. And, you know, for me as well, a judge. And women's amateur bikini, too. Yes, but you know I think it's disrespectful to the head, uh, the the person making the call, for him to repeat over and over. And I get that you know, at, like I said in the in the pro side, especially, the mic was going out, but a lot of times when he would reiterate it, it was coming through crystal clear, and they would just look at him like you know this is my pose and I'm I'm sticking with it. So I, I don't okay, then as a bikini competitor, how would you go about that? being the person that's doing the pose every time correctly, knowing that just because someone looks better than you but not doing the poses, how would you go about, you know, addressing that as a fellow competitor? 
Well, I mean, there's really only so much you can do. You just have to stick to your game. If you know that you're posing correctly, um, then you just have to do what you've been practicing and continue to do that. I mean, the, the women who aren't or weren't posing correctly, they knew it. They just didn't know yeah. how to correct because they had been practicing um, the wrong posing the whole time. And, and trust me, when you get out on stage, sometimes everything just flies out of your head. It just flies out mm-hmm. of your head. And so you're, you're on, uh, you know, you're on autopilot. And then if someone were to throw something at you that you hadn't practiced and you really weren't quite sure how to fix it, I mean, give it enough time, maybe a couple minutes, and just, you know, whip through it a couple of times, you could have gotten it. But to be on stage and having to correct um, on the spot, it's not, always, it's not always a good thing when you're nervous, lights are bright, you're just trying to, you know, stay upright, not fall over, and smile. And so I get it. Um, But part of that is understanding, um, you know, what the organization calls for. I mean, because we've seen this before. And, in fact, when we saw that at Natural States Classic, when we had, um, you know, there's there's definitely what you would call, I'm going to call it NPC posing in bikini with the back pose and then natural posing. Because most of the organizations, now some of them have gravitated away from it. But most of the organizations, or at least when I was starting out, is you always had one hand on a hip and a hip cocked to one direction or the other for your back pose. Whereas NPC posing, it's just a straight, there's no hip pop, it's just a straight back shot of the glutes. And, um, you know, certain organizations and certain judges in particular, they're not having it you know, because sometimes you get more than what you bargained for with that pose, especially if you have a competitor whose glutes aren't what they need to be to be competitive, but the further you lean over, the better your glutes look. And that's the trick. And, um, you know, so many competitors came out at that particular show and they were doing that pose, the band back pose, if you will. And, you know, the head judge just said, look, Ladies, I'm going to warn you, when you do your back pose, you need a hand on a hip and you need your hip cocked to one side. If you're not going to do that, you will be docked points. And they kept doing it and kept doing it, and she gave them more than one warning. And finally, she just made all of them leave. She had them all exit the stage, get themselves together, figure out how they're supposed to do that back pose, and then had them come right back out because it just was not translating on stage in the moment how to fix that pose because they hadn't practiced it. Either they hadn't practiced it or they just thought, well, I'm just going to roll with what I know looks good, and that's what they did. So as Kaylin was saying, six one half dozen the other. Either they couldn't execute or they just didn't want to. And, you know, if you have a head judge that's going to be like either you pose the way you're supposed to pose or you're going to get dot points, that's what's going to happen. You know, sometimes, most times they'll give you a chance to correct, but when you don't correct, then – the judges have no choice but to judge you accordingly. And you're not going to get the score that you were hoping for. Uh, definitely not. Now, judge, uh, judge, oh, my goodness. Uh, how, how, as a judge, when he's doing that, I mean, how, how many warnings would you give mentally before you say, all right, then, you know, clearly they can hear it. And they're yeah. still not uh, not changing. What would because I for me, I felt like it was disrespectful. I know I, I've mm-hmm. missed some poses 
but it was basically one call, and because of the numbers, you know, we didn't have much time on stage, and I knew I missed it. And, you know, I, I did some mm-hmm. facial expressions to let them know I missed it. Because the one I can remember was the, the UFE, the Halloween uh, mayhem. It's, uh, it, it's the UFE. And I was supposed to do a side tricep, and I did a side chest. And mm. he said it again, and but then we had to go out of the pose, and I knew I missed it. I knew I missed it. And I apologized to the judges. I, I, you know, this is something I did, so I'm not saying, you know, for, for anybody else and screw anybody else because, you know, I did it right. I've done it wrong as well. And I apologize, apologize to the head judge and every other judge that was going to let them know I wasn't trying to be disrespectful because it happened. Mm-hmm. It does happen. But I didn't want to yep. get away from the show or take away from the people that I was uh, standing on stage competing against because I think it was like 17 of us that, that show. So – you know, I I just dropped the ball. But to sit there and, and have as many times as I've seen, especially with this year, and I know we're we're giving a lot of leash for for this the, the dog and pony show, but we at some point the, the show must go on and, and it it's not fair to the other people that are doing the pose correctly, correctly, correctly. And then we're waiting for the person who might look better to get it right so we can score it correctly. But are we really scoring it correctly if we keep allowing that kind of disrespect on stage? Yeah, I think, you know, I think twice. As a judge, that's, you know, plenty of opportunity to give someone a chance to correct. And, I mean, you'll see it if they're trying. They might not be doing it well, but you'll know if they're trying because they're at least getting closer to what the pose is supposed to look like. But, like I said, sometime in the heat of the moment, no matter how many opportunities they get, either they can't or they just won't. So you're right. you got to move on. you got to move on with the show. There you go. Yeah. And there you go. And there you go. And and honestly, getting back to the bikini back pose, I don't know why the natty community is moving away from the side from the side pose because really, I feel like that pose is harder to hide your flaws. And so, I would mm-hmm. rather see them with the hand on the hip and the hip pop to the side. And as an athlete, I would rather do that pose a because I think it's just a more tasteful pose. Um, but you know, if it's harder to hide the flaws, then that shows you easily from a judging perspective who's who's got the physique that best meets the criteria and who doesn't. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. the back walk is for, especially for bikini, but the pose can also yeah. help tell that story as well. And uh, I really don't know why they have transitioned away from it. But I will say this, if you're going to do the straight, you know, the full-on back pose, I, you know what, I, I wouldn't allow the athletes to bend way over because that does make the glutes look more rounded. And, again, it's just hiding the flaw, and it's making them look like they've got more of a muscular presence back there than they do. So I would at least put some more criteria on it and have it be a more straight up and down pose because that pose can be done well without bending, you know, forward. You if, you, if you've got ready. the glute structure, it, yeah, you better have the bikini bite ready. But if your glutes are built, the way they're supposed to, and the hamstrings are built also, then there's no reason to lean all the way forward. But doing that, it gives that competitor an advantage. And I guess, you know, if 
if you can pose to hide your flaws, then more power to you. I mean, that's everybody. Everybody has the poses that show their best side. I get it. I get it. But sometimes it's just ridiculous. And that's all I have to say about that pose. There was my rant for the evening, so now we're tied. No, I appreciate it because I mean, like for me, it it takes a lot to pose, and it takes an awful lot to pose correctly. And if you're getting it wrong, getting it wrong, getting it wrong, and the other person getting it right, getting it right, getting it right, at some point we have to lean to that person anyway because they've done their due diligence. And and I just, oh, my goodness. I mean, like, just to see it over and over and over. I mean, like, I, I think he did it like four or five times. And then, you know, he basically said, all right, we're going we're gonna to transition. And it's up to the judges to score that correctly. Because I, the one thing Benny Kekos has said to me, and it stuck with me when he said it, is that you can only score what you see. And if you don't, then you're not helping the athletes that are doing it correctly. And we were sitting right at the judge's table when he said it, and I got it. Because I'm looking at a guy, this is when we had the men's bodybuilding group up there, and then he had called it. And then he turned it over to his wife because he figured maybe his microphone wasn't working correctly. And so he, he, he gave it to his wife, and she called it, and she called it, and she looked at him like, they hear it because I can hear you I can hear you call it, and then they heard me call it because I'm coming from a different uh, microphone and different speaker. And we had to score accordingly because he's looking me dead in my face. Like, you know, what, what option do we have if it's not being presented right then and there? Do we score from yep. last month or a different show? I mean, because we know he knows how to hit that pose. But what is being presented to the, uh, on this day? And, you know, this is what the audience misses. And I think, you know, if, if they're if they're students of the game, they'll see it. But if they're not, they'll say, well, you know, he still looks amazing, so why don't you do this? But what what is the point of mandatories if we're basically foregoing them for the best person, best looking person on stage, then why have bikini? Why have figure? Just get the best, the person that looks phenomenal, and give them first place. Why even have a show if it comes down to that? Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm in agreement. Thank you. And there you have it. So, I don't know. Just more thoughts. More mm. thoughts that pop into the head. As long as it doesn't bounce off of it. When your judges shows. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <sighs> and we haven't we haven't really talked about posing like that in uh, quite a while. You know, five years of this and still finding things to talk about. It's always amazing yes. to me. Well, sitting in the judges' seat, you get to see a lot more, a lot more often. And thankfully, you and I have been able to uh, sit in the judges' seat enough to to know, you know, what's expected. Because thank God we have the judges' meetings, and the clarification is set before the show even starts. So, you know, after that, you really do see the painstaking efforts that judges, uh, promoters, and everybody else on, on on the backside of the stage is doing to make it the best show possible. But then it comes down to what we're supposed to do as athletes. And, you know, it, it's, I, I get sometimes, you know, things happen, mishaps happen, a wrong song, um, 
you know, wrong timing for the lighting. Uh, I, I had mm-hmm. an issue with that, you know, at times where, the, you know, the lighting, but they wanted that for the photographer. So I, you know, I, I didn't say anything because I didn't know. And so I was like, well, why is the lighting sitting like this? But it was basically for the photographer to get the, the shadow shot and then the lighting would come in. But it pays to ask. So, you know, when I asked and, and, and got clarification, now it makes more sense. So instead of basically ranting the raving and putting it on a, a post in Facebook after pre- prejudging, I just waited to see what was going to happen and, and know for sure and certain what was going on. And that I think uh, that's one of the poses that the, the Liquid Spectrum had caught for me uh, that I still have a, as my profile picture. And that's what they did with that is uh, did the shadow shot before, and it worked out perfect. So I get it. You know, thank God that they did that because that's still one of my favorites. But, you know, I just, I just, if, if we're, I mean, I know it's a new day and age, and I know it's a new day and age for athletes, but the respect should be there, the the, the, the honoring, the, the people that have stepped on stage before you. And we, we need to have our research done uh, because, you know, like you said, we can't have NGA posing at the PNBA because somebody's not going to score well. And you can't yep. say, but this is what I saw online because, okay, well, what organization is that? And what show is that? Because, you know, if if the crotch shot worked and now it's banned at a show prior to this one, well, if you do it now, you, you're going to get hit for it, whereas you thought you might have scored better. Now you're actually scoring worse. I mean, if, if the, the onus falls on all of us in different ways. But we still have our own obligation to what we're supposed to be presenting when we show up. When the judge shows up, he's not supposed to screw over the competitors. When the athlete shows up, they're supposed to show their best. When the promoter shows up, he's got the venue and everything else set in place to make it a great show or make it a horrible one. It, it, it's it, we got to cover all of, all the facets to make these shows work productively and perfectly. And they're not always going to work that way. But we should still be doing our very absolute best to make sure that it has the potential to have it there instead of basically ensuring it's going to be a debacle. Yep, what he said. I mean, and it's it's just in total agreement, and I think it just goes back to the commentary that we have been sharing as of late but haven't really come out and said it this way is that, you know, everybody's got their responsibility to what they bring to a show or a competition. And it's not just everything on the promoter's shoulders. The athletes have their part too. The fans have their part. You know, all of the behind the scenes people, the expediters, the IT, AV, you know, photographers, all of it, everybody has their part to do. And, um, you know, if you don't do your part, you really can't complain about the outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just the way of it. I will say, and I don't know if you noticed this, and I, I'm not going to say this is a reflection on uh, on Leaf, but I was very disappointed. I believe that the tanning crew, and I don't even know who it was or what their name was, but they left before the show was over. So mm-hmm. they were at least, a minimum of two classes that went out on stage without them being there. Now, maybe, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, like you said, I, you know, you got to get all your facts before you say anything, but I know that they were being looked for. So I know that um, 
all the athletes did not get their touch-ups. Now, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, well, maybe they all got their touch-ups early and everyone got touched up, so they left. But, you know, even after you give a touch-up, if there's an emergency, you still need to be there. I don't know of any tanners that just leave before the show is over, before every class has gotten out on stage. I don't know. I thought that was kind of, I thought that was poor form if that's what actually happened. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but if that's not what happened, I uh, I wouldn't be inviting them back. Oh, oh my goodness. Get it, Dan. Well, I mean, really, we know how important the tan is, and I know there were at least two athletes that could have placed, scored so much higher if they had had better tans. Because you mm-hmm. just could not see what you needed to see. And one, I don't think she had a tan at all. Oh, in fact, that was in my like comments and critiques to her. I mean, it, it did not look at all. And, you know, the muscle was there, but you couldn't see to what degree. And it's because her tan was non-existent. And I know she was disappointed in her placing, but I was like, you know, throw me a bone here. Again, you can't judge what you can't see and uh, yeah. or see clearly, let's put it that way, see clearly as compared to all the other athletes on the stage, and you have to have that tan. And if you're concerned about, you know, putting tanning products on your skin, okay, I, I can respect that, but that is not going to help your cause just by the nature of the sport and what's required to really see the muscle definition well. Mm-hmm. So tanning is important. Tanning is important. And as there. a trainer of a show, I feel like you're paid to, well, you're, you're making money by being there. The athletes are paying you to be their tanner. And this was a continuous format. So it's not like there was the day show and you did all your mandatories up front, had a break and then come back in the evening, get touched up and then get back on the stage after your tan. No, I mean, this was continuous format. So everybody's getting touched up right before they go. I mean, this, that's it. You know, if you don't get touched up in an evening show, unless it's an, unless you're going to be in an overall, I guess it's not as you don't get your tan you know, spruced up and looking shiny again. But when it's continuous format and the first time you hit the stage is going to be when your positioning is um, decided, you have to have that tan in place. You need to have your tanner there. And you know what? I just, I couldn't believe when people were like, well, where did the tanning company go? Did they already leave? And the show wasn't even over. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what happened with me with mine. Yeesh. Thank God for Ivy Park. See, exactly. You need you need your tanner is your partner in crime. You need to have them there. Or I guess have a backup bottle. But even then, if you're being spray tanned and then you try to apply um, a tanning solution that is not sprayed on, I still don't feel like that's a good good solution. I mean, it's better than nothing at all, I suppose, if you need it, but I don't know. It's still not as nice. <clears throat> and that's all I have to say about that. And that's all I want to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Kayla, that's all I got, dude. That's all I got for today. What that's else all you got? we need. That's all, right, all we then. need. Because so, I know Snickerdoodle so brings everything else together. <laughs> and there you have it. So 
Um, on behalf of everybody that poured their heart and soul into the Minnesota mayhem, Kaylin, myself, and the boys at P for P Muscle, your body is a temple. So let's build it. <laughs>